0: What's up, fight fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, February nineteenth, two thousand twenty-four, and this week's episode: UFC three hundred and PFL versus Bellator. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. We finally have the main event that everyone has been talking about, and it led to quite the reaction online. We'll recap this past Saturday, Saturday's UFC pay per view. We have a new featherweight champion, we have a new bantamweight contender, we have a returning middleweight contender, and a lot in between, so we'll have a lot to discuss there, and we'll talk about some of the other things going on in our wide world of mixed martial arts before previewing two events, the UFC's return to Mexico and the highly anticipated PFL vs. Bellator event. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hey, double G. I saw you on Embedded. I heard you during the press conference. How was uh how was Anaheim?
0: I made embedded? I didn't even nobody told me. You know I haven't what? Seen it.
1: I usually take a picture and send it to you, but I didn't this time, sorry. Which I, I epi- can't remember what episode it was, but you were um
0: Later in the week or earlier in the week. It was during the
1: big press conference.
0: You oh. were wearing a black
1: and white um like checkered shirt. Oh, I made embedded. I gotta check yeah. that
0: out. Sure. They showed
1: you uh, and then when you ask the question, the camera, we just heard you. But you, before that, they showed you.
0: Oh, and need to check that out. That's always yeah, awesome. Shoot, freaking my friends are lagging. What the heck? <laughs> no, for- so, I mean, usually I'd, I'm really good at watching the Embedded. So, um, But this week it was just busy. I was just tired. And it's like, I want to get hype. But then a part of me is like, why watch it? I'm already here. So yeah. <laughs> I'm in it. I don't need to watch it. But no, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, Look, it was a very great week. It was um, very busy. Had a lot to do. Got a lot done. Uh, It was a great experience. The fans were so freaking hyped. Um, The press conference, uh, I mean, you know, say it like it is. I've done a lot of them. Uh, Easily like top five, top three crowd ever. Mm, Wow. Um, Just... uh, Everything, they just, uh, and I'll say this, I'm not saying that they, there weren't people saying some probably rude stuff, but everything, everyone just was emotionally invested, you know, like people cheered for Volk, cheered for Elia, booed for Elia, booed Ian Gary, they... You know, I, I did not know that people felt so strongly about Jeff Neal, but they did. And they were <laughs> really cheering them oh in. They were, yeah. When you watch the press conference online, I'm sorry, it doesn't do it justice. Um, uh, We, for example, we don't have uh, speakers behind us. So we can kind of hear the fighters on stage, their speakers on stage. So they can hear us. I asked Ian, Gary and Jeff Neal questions. Couldn't tell you what they said. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Nothing. Uh, you literally, I uh, just, you keep making eye contact. You try to read their lips a bit and, you know, try to generally, did they have a positive or negative reaction and play off of that? What did he and Gary tell you? I couldn't tell you until I watched it at home. Honestly, the fans were so loud. Jeff wow. Neil, same thing. Uh, they were amazing. The crowd was amazing on fight night. Um, from what I did get to experience. Uh, it, it was really epic
1: nice man that's awesome
0: yeah i mean look we're we're gonna get into it um because it's just i feel like there, it, there's only one place to start it's one of the rare times news comes before a recap so let's talk about it because after all of the insanity we get that uh we, we get the announcement we've been waiting for i can only say that Many people had expectations. Uh, I'm not talking about fans, by the way. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of flabbergasting. I know that's not a word, but I'm using it. (laughs) Happening when we got the announcement. Jamal Hill comes back to take on Alex Pajeda. UFC 300 main event, light heavyweight title. There are now three belts of some sort on the card um natalie what's and no commercial no tv spot no promo video during the broadcast dana white holds it until about let's say about maybe 10 minutes after the event um before he spoke to the media what are your thoughts man (laughs) say no more
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much i'm like wait what (laughs) basically um would it have been a great main event for any other pay-per-view? Sure, definitely. You know that that is a typical, uh, classic, a completely expected main event for UFC 290, whatever for UFC 301, whatever. Not for 300, but I mean, it seems like there was it was slim pickings, right? Um, We talked last week and weeks prior about who are the big stars potentially available. Adesanya was at the top of the list. Pie in the Sky was Conor McGregor. I mean, you know, out of left field, you're getting crazy. Saying not you, but you know, we're we're thinking, okay, you know, Kayla Harrison's on the card. Maybe Amanda Nunes. Maybe Ronda Rousey. I mean, crazy stuff because. For it to be epic, there were only so many options. Alex Pereira and Jamal Hill are amazing fighters, both, you know, former and current champions, very talented fighters. Not an epic three you know, not an epic main event matchup for UFC three hundred. But there we are. What are you gonna do? I, I almost feel like they should have moved Gaethje and Holloway to the main uh, slot just because they are, to me, I think, and most people, bigger names. That would have been, as far as name value goes, that would have made more sense. But, you know, you need to have a legitimate championship at the top. So not thrilled. I'm in that zone now of, you know, it is what it is. The rest of the card is amazing. If you scroll down the list, it's like, oh man, okay, here we go. That's that's it. That's a great one. Like, so as a as a whole, UFC 300 is a great card. But I'm not going to pretend that the main event is what we wanted, what we hoped for, or epic by any means.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, I'm a basketball guy. They just had the All Star game yesterday. It's right. still like, I mean, you you read off the 300 like. Uh, lineup it's like coachella freaking just ridiculous amount of star power uh people who you know headline events headline major events and have a lot of pull Mm -hmm. um so as a collection it's fantastic for your money's worth let me make it clear you are getting uh you know i think people talk about you know like i want bang for my buck Mm -hmm. i mean uh, here's the thing Max Holloway is a star, I get it, him at 55, but I mean, him and Gaethje already, you could have gone just those two, uh, Pereira Hill, Gaethje, Max, and in terms of star power, I mean, you really couldn't complain, that's better than some pay-per-views every right. now and then, so the fact that you're also adding Wei Lee and Yan, Charles and them, you're going to have Jiri and Rokic, you're going to have... Right. Aljo, you got the Kayla Holly thing. Kayla. I yep. mean,
1: th- th- Cody Garbrandt's on there, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but what I mean is, like, the potential rounding out of the main card. I know they gave it the lineup already, but it's like, you know, for your money, when you run your credit card for it, it that's a lot better than many, many events. And certainly better than, more stacked than any card we had last year. I'll mm-hmm. say that right now. Of course. Um, uh, talk about the brass tax uh as a collection th- all the gold still makes this better than two ninety nine I understand maybe the fans feel like I think that the um delivery of the news is probably the biggest thing that is keeping the fans on the fence about it. I get it two ninety nine do- is pretty great. I think that the matchups all feel very. Relevant and high stakes, you know, when you look at it as a whole, Mm -hmm. that being said, I think that 300, I mean, you have a lot of Charles Oliveira, huge star could main events, pay-per-views, Gaethje, main events, pay-per-views, Max Holloway, main events, pay-per-views, Yeah. um, Jiri, main events, (laughs) pay-per-views, this isn't a small event, um, uh, Go back to the fight itself. I think that there was so much expectation and quite frankly, a lot of smoke and fire. Right? We heard yep. Eugene Behrman during the week, if you saw the clip, saying they're in camp, they're training, they're going to be ready. They are, quote, not going to let the fans in the UFC down wow. for the biggest event ever. Um, he did say that Adesanya was nursing a bit of an injury, rehabbing something. I'm not saying is he. Just straight up tore up his knee and is on the DL. But I'm assuming he probably tweaked something and preferably would have liked May, but it's 300. You get your gloves on, you you throw down in April. I'm assuming it was that kind of situation. Yep. I don't know what's going on with Dracus. Dracus, after that eye, May probably would have been better. But if they said, hey, 300, biggest event ever, I'm sure he was, if they said, can I do it? Yes then I'm doing it. What exactly happened behind the scenes? Only they know, really. UFC, Dana, Izzy, and the people pertinent to the information. Um, Connor, Dana has kind of... uh, I don't know what's going on with Connor. I'd assume there's just a little more on the back end. It's not about the fights, not about the dates, not about none of that. I'm assuming there's a little more negotiation going... And that's just, you know, they're keeping it behind closed doors. Um, But I I think it's stuff like that. Now, back to what we have available. I'll say this right now. In my heart, do I think that Izzy Drakus could have happened on 300? Yes. 100%. Why didn't they? My biggest theory? I think they're getting down to the wire. If I'm not mistaken, tickets go on sale Friday. I think that at a certain point, it probably became a matter of we just can't keep going back and forth. Pereira will take it straight up. Jamal will take it straight up. Yeah. that That's what I assume happened. Um, Like I said, uh, when I think about 300, I would have loved the superstar. Jones is hurt. Connor said he was up for it. Adesanya sounded like he was up for it and he had a great fight with Drakus. I can't... Once again, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. 300 is a monumental card. It doesn't have that superstar. It's still going to do gangbusters. I do think had you added one of the aforementioned guys that I said... It would have gone over the top. I think it would have, you know, I don't know if it would have had what Conor Habib had, but we would have started, you know, you know when you the the carnival game where you do the mallet with the yeah yeah the thing to Whack hit the bell. bell yeah. I'm not saying it would have rung the bell like Conor Habib rang the bell, but you know when it starts going really high up and everybody just kind oh, of holds yes, to see I'm if it'll. Like-
1: the one where you try to hit the strength test of the, the bell. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: yes, yes. You know, Conor Habib hit the bell. Yeah. Had 300 added Adesanya or Conor, I don't know if it would have hit the bell still, but it would have gone pretty high that everyone would have stopped to watch to see if it was going to hit it. You know what I mean?
1: Mhm.
0: I think that this one is probably going to go down as one of the top pay-per-views of the year. I don't know if it's going to hit the bell. And uh, that's just what it is. It's still going to do gangbusters. They're still going to do a lot of pomp and circumstance. It's 300. I'm expecting more metallic gold. I'm expecting a special canvas. I'm expecting all of these things. But I just don't know if it's going to... I think it had a shot to overdo the other one. Yeah. I just don't know that it, it outdoes Conor Habib, something like that, without one of the guys
1: yeah do you, Do you think they're still trying for that epic main event or no. they're really done
0: nope i i think that uh the the second day we got there they just don't um, now, now look they could call an audible on tuesday they could mm-hmm. do something tomorrow and crazier things have happened if honestly drakus and izzy were to call dana and be like hey just tickets aren't on sale yet just let us do it maybe maybe i just doubt it i think the fact that they were willing to do all this says a lot about Mm -hmm. the whole the whole deal you know what i mean
1: yeah now dana white in the post-fight press conference mentioned leon edwards three opponents were offered he accepted all three Mm -hmm. do you know who those folks were
0: (laughs) Uh, of course not. We could speculate. I <laughs> no, I, I, wait, I heard...
1: What do you think they were?
0: Well, here's... So here's the one that I think was most telling. I heard that the Shmo talked with Bilal Muhammad and said that Bilal was not offered Leon. Right. So that makes me think, all right, Hamzat, Shavkat, Mahachev. Yeah. That's what I'd assume. Now, why do they not fight? What? Why did none of those three happen? Hmm. Um... I know Shavkat, I don't think Shavkat was in a hurry following 296 in December. Mm-hmm. I asked him about, hey, you train in Miami, do you want to fight in Miami? And he was a little, eh, not quite, you know. Look, he's an active guy, you know, rest up, heal up, take the right fight, get a full camp for it, you know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahachev, uh, four days after Ramadan, wasn't interested Wants a full camp, full power. Uh, he's got a belt, doesn't want to lower the stock. Okay, I get that. He's the kind of star, you know, I don't want to call it the Conor McGregor thing, but really, some guys, they want, hey, I want a full recovery, followed by a full vacation, followed by a pre-camp to lose weight, and then have a full training camp. Some stars are just like that. Conor, John, Canelo, Fury, etc. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's okay. You bring that kind of money, you can command that kind of luxury. All right. Um, I think that's some for Islam. And then uh, Hamzat. uh, He also brought up Ramadan. I know there are other people speculating out there. I'm not going to talk about that. The fact is, he said he wasn't interested. All right. That that one, if of all of them, that one got nipped in the bud the earliest, in my opinion, Okay. here in Hamzat's comments. I got the impression he wasn't aware that they were offering him Leon Edwards, so okay for 300 anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so um, that's what I would assume. I don't know if they felt like the fans spoke enough that they were like, "Yeah, we can't throw Leon Bilal at, at 300, so yeah, we that's not do epic something else Leon's
1: against somebody, unfortunately, you know, no offense to Bilal, but it would have to be bigger than Bilal.
0: I think that they just, look, as personalities, I don't know that they generate the kind of hype. Uh, Stylistically, they're both absolutely amazing fighters, and that's very much a high-level fight between the two, but I get it. 300, there is a marketing aspect of this whole deal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, as a pairing, they in particular just don't quite have that sexiness to it, for want of a better way to say it. Um look, let's talk about the matchup itself. Uh Jamal and Alex. I think the biggest thing is that uh Jamal coming off the injury and in the layoff. Um I don't like the feeling that Jamal was like, "Hey, they told me on Friday." What do you think about 300? Cuz th- that is from Saturday. No, actually less. He has less than 2 months on the dot from to prep and get to the fight yeah you know uh okay look um where's he at with his rehab i'm assuming it's going great that doesn't mean it was quote complete maybe Mm -hmm. may june would have been just a little bit better and that would have been fine this is the achilles injury right I thought... it Was it Achilles? I thought it was, like, the ankle itself. Oh, okay. Like, not that major tendon, but... Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, look, it could be. Maybe I'm just generalizing, too. But, um... Okay, look. Uh, we talked about that. A lot of little bones, a lot of little ligaments, and something like that. Okay. Um, Once again, not everyone is fully healthy going into a fight. But I think that's the biggest edge going toward Pejeda. Obviously, Pejeda's got, um... You know, compared to Glover Tashira, who Jamal beat for the title, uh, youth, athleticism, on the feet, just an absurd amount of experience. And, um, yeah, I think that that will force, you know, the best Jamal is the guy that has, you know, the best chance to beat Pajeda. Some, You know, if he's a little compromised or anything like that, that starts to really swing the pendulum in favor of the current title holder keep in mind Jamal never lost the belt in the cage so I think that that's really the biggest thing is the x-factor what version of Jamal are we getting after all of this because a guy who is uh, uh, not quite to the level of the one that beat Tashira you could easily predict some struggles out there against a guy who's been in the zone the last few fights in Praheura so what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it, it, it is exactly that, which is how healed is he? And is this one of those situations where you're like, well, I'm good enough? And like you say, everyone's got something going into a fight. And it's UFC 300, main event, uh, an epic uh, card. And so I can see why you would just say yes. Um, and then Alex. Pereira, well, we know he's amazing, and on paper, when you look at the resume, barely in the UFC, just for a hot minute, already won a belt in two divisions, that is extremely special, and if you didn't know anything about the sport and someone came and told you this is a a fight card for the biggest promotion in the world for this 300th anniversary of fight cards, pay-per-views, and this is the guy at the top of the list, he won a belt, at middleweight, you know, knocking out the one of the biggest stars in the world for MMA, then he left that division and won a belt, promptly won a belt in the in the weight class up above. I'd be like, "Wow, that that sounds amazing." So, you know, on paper to the layman, this is a a a strong matchup. But again, I'm just going to reiterate for one last time, it's not the epic fight we wanted, it's still a heck of a fight.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll even go back again. As a collection of fights, it's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. You're not not getting screwed. Um, I was talking with uh, my friend, another media member, Anthony Walker, who said, fans just wouldn't have been happy unless you got Jesus versus Buddha or something. It's just... He gets it. (laughs) I get it, but at the same time, it's like... I think my biggest thing, uh, and probably when I will have the, quote, closure... I want to hear Draco say what happened. I want to hear Izzy say what happened. What did the UFC tell them? What did they tell UFC? Mm -hmm. Why ultimately did the fight that seemed like a layup not get done? Or I guess it felt like an easy shot to make. Because I think that, I don't know, uh, of all the people who were in talks, maybe Pereira and Hill didn't feel like they were going to get it. So when it got offered, I'm sure negotiations were very easy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Look, uh, obviously, two months away, we will have plenty to talk about UFC 300 before then. We are coming off an amazing pay-per-view. Let's just get right into it. Uh, Ilya Tapuria needs uh, two round and a half, essentially, to stop alexander volkanovsky the longtime featherweight champion some people consider him the featherweight goat certainly a all-time first ballot hall of famer type of fighter uh, in the lighter weight classes uh, uh, My biggest takeaway I Thought both of them were fighting at a very high level. I liked what Alex was doing. He was just keeping output into Poirier's face Mm-hmm. To Tupuria's credit, I felt like he was managing that well. I thought he was getting to spots where he was putting himself in a. You know, he had a high possibility of landing the shots he was going for. And he spoke to it as much long combinations make him. make this difficult. I don't think Volkanovsky looked as amazing as he could have. I don't think that Tupuria was running away with it until he caught Volkanovsky. So. We had a very competitive fight. I gave Volk round one by a little bit. Ultimately, didn't matter. Uh, the thing with Tapuria backs up Volkanovsky, and just um, I'm not gonna talk about it, it. Was just this amazing, this or that. He get he gets in the pocket and he just cracks him right there on the side of the jaw. We know how hard Tapuria hits. Very technical, very powerful, explosive, and fast young man. Stops Volkanovsky. That's all she wrote. Um, completes quite the run. Obviously, Tupuria undefeated. Uh, I talked about it last week. Just this multinational, multilingual star that the UFC is clearly hyped about. Um, he, he kind of, uh, if anything, I find it funny. I felt like going into the fight, he was very popular. And then the old man Volk of it all kind of turned him into public enemy number one. And he just really took it in stride and just owned it. And look, first Georgian, first Spanish champion, just all of this came together. Perfect storm for Iliad's Puria.
1: Yeah, you know, interesting. Uh, I didn't like the belt snatching antics. Of course, everyone remembers Conor McGregor did it to Jose Aldo as well.
0: Who could forget? Um,
1: and Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, man, you know... It, there's only one Conor McGregor, you know, who does this guy think he is? That's what I'm saying to myself. And um, it's going to blow up in his face. But then Volk with the old man thing, you know, look, when people do antics like that, I think about Fabricio Verdum with the masks and uh, he got knocked out by Stipe. Like, sometimes you take your antics too far and it can be distracting. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's certainly what I was worried about when old man Volk came out. You're putting it in the air, you know, he's taking the nap on stage, just didn't like it. But in any case, um, I was stunned by the knockout. We, of course, know that Ilya Tapuria has that ability. But looking at the folks he did it against, I was like, well, okay, sure, coming up. This is Volk, this is Alexander the Great. You're not going to be able to do that to him. And then he freaking did it. So that was crazy. I want to know because I always, when, when you're Double G around on the scene, I like to get the behind-the-scenes scoop. So I know sometimes you're sitting out front with the crowd. Sometimes you're in the media room. Where were you and what kind of reaction did you witness in, in your sphere?
0: Uh, you know what? Look, uh, the fans, uh, I will say it was a little bit, not quite the dramatic pop. I've, like I was there when Amanda stopped Cyborg. That was okay. one heck of a ovation, you know what I mean? Yeah. John and Cyril gone was pretty big too. Um it didn't pop off quite that much. I think because there was such an upswell for Volkanovsky. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, uh people were hyped, like I said, they were very hyped for Ilya to come out. They were slightly more hyped when Volkanovsky came out. He is the people's champion kind of deal. Uh but but it was quite the sight. I think fans, you know, just Anytime you see this, you're aware you just saw history. You're aware you just saw the end of Volkanovski's run, the potential start of a big one for Elia. uh it, it was quite something. It, it was, uh, you know, the, the the noise meter did start to break, like those graphics that sports games do. It, yeah, It, it yeah. was quite the pop.
1: <laughs> All right. I, uh, I also was very surprised, and uh, this is completely unrelated to the fight, but... At the end, there, when Ilya's family started to come in to the cage, mm-hmm. what glamorous people! They all look like secret agents, all dressed in black. Um, I look, know it's just from, a
0: good looking family, man. Right? I think that's I know all it from is.
1: Georgia, but they all, all the women to me, look like Penelope Cruz. I was like, oh my goodness, this guy <laughs> with his family in the suits and the black suits, and they must have smelled amazing in the cage. So <laughs> that was nice to see because. You know, the family always comes in, but there was something clearly about this family, like they're extremely united. They all were just hugging it was just it was it was special. Now, at the same time I'm feeling terrible for Volkanovsky, who you can see on the camera, on the screen I should say, is asking what happened. He doesn't even know what shot got him. I mean it was a complete surprise. He crumpled. You've never seen him that way, never expected him to be finished that way. You know, coming off the loss to Islam in the in the countdown, when they show you the footage of him in the locker room, telling his team, "Man, I was drinking every day. Why was I drinking every day?" And that was so surprising, the honesty, right? And he was already being honest on the and uh, the lead up to that fight. You know, I, I I have to stay busy, blah blah blah. So clearly, there was a lot going on. But coming off of that loss and and that period of his life where you know his mood was down, I really thought he had, you know, was able was going to be able to and had done so, turned it around, brought it back to the old bulk. I'm wondering now if maybe he's still in a little bit of a funk, um, or is it just he got caught, or is it a little bit of age, and he got caught? I mean, you know. I don't want to over over overanalyze this, but is Alexander the Great still Alexander the Great? Is he going to get a rematch? I'm just curious what the future holds for this guy.
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's a combination of a lot of the little things. At the end of the day, no matter how dialed in he was, you have a great. 35-year-old fighter against a great 26-year-old fighter yeah man sometimes that's just how this cookie crumbles right right um no matter how much you run and spar and you're there with the coach and you're doing your drills things happen um when you're up against you know another athlete at that level uh that being said yeah you know um was a little bit of a early you know return yes was he did he look quite there uh, like he did against Max and Zombie? No. All these little things are very relevant. Um, uh, Are the miles catching up? Are this and that? He's had a very active schedule and I know it's work for him. But at the same time, burning the candle at both ends it is a very real thing too. So I, I'm sure it's a lot of the little things. Sometimes you get caught. Sometimes that's just how it is. And I think that that's where I would say it. I don't put a lot of stock into the thing with Islam still either. Yeah, Um, yeah. Nine days notice. uh, Who's expecting all of this to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, of
1: course.
0: Um, On the Volkanovsky, not Volkanovsky, Ilya thing real quick. I heard, uh, I watched some of those interviews like for WWE. And they talked to like Roman Reigns, who's headlined like four straight Wrestlemania's. And they're like, oh, like, you know, he's not doing as much promotion and media and interviews. And he says to the guy, it's like, what, do you want me to take time away from my family? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what, is this my first WrestleMania or something where I got to do all the heavy lifting? And I'm like, you know, Volkanovski, last year, he had probably everybody and and their mom at his fight in Australia. Mm -hmm. This is Ilya's first title fight. Yes, I'm sure they were all there, you know. Mm -hmm. this is the first one i'm sure when he gets to title defense number six he won't have quite as many people all the time right (laughs) it's just how this works um uh, yeah i I think that it's just a lot of little things right um I, i said it the generational fight is it you know passing of the torch is it the champion of today is still today i don't know but um this kind of segues perfectly into what comes next. I heard Elias say that all the stuff you guys have. I, I want someone new. I don't want Max. I don't want Brian. I don't want Yair. And it's like, bro, who do you think you're going to fight? You know? Yeah. Honestly, I know you're not about to fight Islam right now. That man definitely has different things on his mind than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about the whole undefeated thing right now. Um, I do think... Volk's next fight is for the title. I don't know that Elia's next fight will be Volk. Okay. I think that there's a good chance that the winner this week between Brian and Yair, by process of elimination, gets in there. Um, Max Holloway could shock Gaethje. And Charles Oliveira beats Sarukian. And they say, hey, Max, you're going back to 45 for Elia." and uh, you know charles gets islam and we go from there a lot of things can happen but i do think that Elia will fight somebody who's not volk volk will take some time off and then who knows Elia defends the title looks like he's here to stay and then volkanovsky the longtime champion refreshed and ready to go maybe they do something in spain i think that could be really cool
1: yeah i mean i i actually was very surprised that Ilya was like, "I want to do it in Spain." I mean, not surprised by that, but that Dana White was like, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, a new market, let's go. Usually, I would have well, I would have expected like, "Oh, we'll see," blah blah. But he's like asking it in the post fight press conference. There was like a Spanish journalist, right, who was like, "Oh yeah, we got the uh, Real Madrid stadium, it seats blah blah." And He's like, "Okay, that works." So he's very keen to move fast for Ilya Tepuria. Um, which is, you know, it, it makes sense, right? Europe is is um they don't have like the strongest hold in foothold in Europe, as I guess you could. I don't know. You tell outside me. Outside of or, like a or, London,
0: yeah. Yeah, outside
1: of London, exactly. Yeah, so it's a good market because it's it's actually a great market, Spain, because Spanish speaking, even though you're in Europe, and then you could still. You know, use put all your Spanish speaking fighters from South America, you know, Mexico, you could still put them on those cards. So that's actually, yeah, works out pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, I think that it's just one of those things that um, look at uh, the hype that they have for Ely. I mean, I saw the thing and, you know, everyone was coming out. I mean, Real Madrid, I mean, the most followed team in sports, more mm-hmm. than Lakers, more than Manchester United and all that. They're not just tweeting. They're not just posting congratulations. They are collabing with Elia. I mean, you're talking about a team with multi-million followers Mm -hmm. behind this guy. I saw the video with like Rafa Nadal and the other stars of Spain giving him, you know, sending him good luck. We hear about the the leaders of the country, you know, like this is, I get it. Dana White is right to say, yeah, let's do it. Also, keep in mind, this is a business. You don't want to be like... we. Imagine if Dana went out there and said, we have to go to Africa first before I talk about Spain. <laughs> if you're the tourism country, tourism department in Spain, how do you feel hearing Dana say that? So I think it's only smart to say, yeah, of course we'll go to Spain. Why? Because then phone calls get made. And then, hey, you know, do you want us to do a yearly event like we do in Australia, in Spain with Elia? And then what happens? Suddenly Spain is paying Dana White and the UFC to come to the country. Mm-hmm. That is smart business. Why would you do anything in this moment besides say, absolutely, we're open to go to Spain? Yeah. So, gotcha. I think that that's, that's just easy business right there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, look, uh, I mean, I think that outlines the featherweight division pretty well. Obviously, we'll have a better idea after this Saturday and a really great idea after Max Holloway fights Gaethje. So the fact is, I don't expect to hear anything about Ely until after Max fights Justin. Plain and simple. Okay. Yeah. Um, co-main event, Robert Whitaker uh, outlasts Polo Costa. Let's just say it tale of two fights. There's the early going. Whitaker's on. Almost gets stopped by Paolo by a spinning wheel kick. Where did that come from? <laughs> I want to... The, the story of the fight is Whitaker rallying to get this done and proving he's still that guy. I was so impressed with Paolo Costa's game. Shot selection, gas tank, durability. I really thought that Rob was going to get on the bike and then the speed and accuracy was going to run away with it. That was a difficult fight because of Paulo Costa. Very impressed. It forced Whitaker to get to a level I think a lot of people didn't expect he would have to go to to beat a guy like Paulo. from what we've seen before. Clearly, paulo has been putting in work. I'm excited to see Costa back. I thought that he was easily the most popular guy behind Volk all week. The fans just could not get enough of the juice. Let's just say it like it is. Um, <laughs> I wanna see Costa back. I think that he's coming to his own, but the night belonged to Rob Whitaker. What are your thoughts?
1: Dude, I absolutely did not expect Paulo Costa to look that good. You know, I'm always I'm always kind of knocking on him since that loss to Adesanya and the whole I drink a bottle of wine thing. This guy was new and improved and yeah, had some new tricks in the bag some new cardio like I did not expect that performance from him so that was really good to see he's he's up there in my mind now back at the top and Whitaker was showing us true you know vintage dig deep Whitaker he was so excited at the end I mean he you could feel it the energy he's like I'm back he's you know classic pounding the chest like great to see Whitaker get the win And as impressive as he was, I walked away thinking more about Paulo Costa because he showed a new version of himself that is really going to cause trouble for some other guys in that division.
0: Yeah, I think that, look, he's exciting to be back in this. Now we talk about where do we go from here for everybody. Drakus is at the top. Adesanya's right there. Hamzat's right there. Jared Cannonier is going to need a dance partner. Where do you go with a still popular guy in Sean Strickland? Um, I think for Rob, my biggest thing is uh, you either fight Strickland for someone new or you run it back with Cannoneer. I don't see it going anywhere else. Um, the Hamzat thing, I don't even know where to go with this. We know Adesanya's the fight. I could see them going with Hamzat if it's overseas, but if it's in the United States, they're going out of Sanya for the title shot. In which case, I don't know where you go with Hamzat. Uh, you essentially fight one of the odd men out. But even then, it's like, all right. Whoever Rob doesn't fight, that's Hamzat's opponent. I'll say it like that. So if Rob gets Cannoneer, Hamzat gets Strickland. If, you know, if it's... Uh, rob and strickland then Hamza gets cannoneer that's how these pieces all work together you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i like strickland rob strickland i think that'd be fun i, I like
0: it because it's something new mm-hmm. i mean if you're whitaker i mean think about it taking out essentially everybody else uh, at the top of the division i think is huge so yeah i think that's a great one it's kind of like that one that needs to happen still rob and strickland mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't mind that either it's good Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about Ian Gary, but featured Bantamweights, Marab Devalishvili with one of the most like star making fights that I can remember recently. Uh, just Henry Cejudo is an elite level fighter, high IQ, ton of experience. And what Marab did to him in 15 minutes Mm -hmm absolutely incredible talking to zuckerberg during the fight dumping him twice pick up and slam uh the the internet ran away with the memes you've probably seen them if you're scrolling It just uh i mean just like put him in big fights tomorrow you know he deserved it before this but this one just kind of when i think about his situation Sean O'Malley knew Marab's the number one contender and he perfectly delivered. And this is credit to O'Malley's, you know, marketing prowess just didn't even act like Marab existed and just said, let's do this Cheeto. Mm-hmm. He kind of made it. He made everyone else think that Cheeto was the fight when we knew Marab was the fight Yeah, and smart people still do, but okay, I get it. Cheeto is popular. Cheeto is this, the history, blah, blah, blah. Marab, Was out 11 months. Comes back and does that to Henry Cejudo. Short of getting the title fight, that is the best performance he could have had. Hands down. And I I can't wait to see it. Title shot next. I don't want to... And nothing... Don't talk to me about anything else. I don't care.
1: There is nobody else. And, And he owned Henry Cejudo, which we've seen Henry Cejudo lose. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen somebody own him. Carrying him across the cage... That's humiliating, bro. Like to a wrestler, especially having his head, you know, in a choke, his neck in a chokehold while he's shouting, God knows what, to Mark Zuckerberg. That's humiliating, bro. Now, you know, Morab was just feeling himself. He was high on on his talent, high on life, and just doing his thing. I was shocked, though. I really was shocked by Henry Cejudo. He he looked good in the first round. But he just gassed out, gassed out and didn't have any answers for Marab. got out wrestled, out grappled. And so, you know, I I was curious uh, after they, you know, Joe Rogan interviewed Marab. I was like, all right, he's going to talk to Henry. But of course, it wasn't even the co-main event. And so I was, uh, I was not totally surprised when they didn't cut to him, to Henry. So in the post-fight presser, I'm glad somebody brought it up. And Dana White, surprisingly was like, uh, no, this was Marab's night. Henry Cejudo, that guy already retired. I'm not going to let him do it twice. This is Marab's <laughs> night. Um, what did you think of that response when you heard it in the in the media room?
0: Um, I think that Henry is one of the few two-division champions ever in UFC history. I think that uh, he's gone out there and he's built something at in those lighter weight classes that's very hard to build sometimes that being said i've always said from jump street that the execution of henry trying to step away and make the money was a little botched mm-hmm. i think that he tried to put the ufc i, I, I hate to say it but like i, I was compared to habib Habib retired and Dana White was in denial for months. Right. Henry retired and they had a new title fight for the division by Tuesday. (laughs) I'm not going to say more. Um, I think that there was a little bit of you know like I'm I'm not just going to keep doing this right? Yeah. I think that uh, Dana let Henry know where they stood with him. I think that Henry got a great 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 let me say one last time great opportunity in getting an immediate title shot with al jermaine because at the time the fight to make was sean o'malley um and instead they ran it with henry and that is what it is you know henry had a great fight didn't go his way um that just all brings it to the together that i get dana white probably saying, yeah, we're. I'm not doing this twice. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the, how everything kind of played out the last time, I think there's maybe some emotions with that and negotiating behind the scenes with that. Um, but yeah, it, it just... Uh, Henry Cejudo didn't get to retire in front of fans the first time. I thought it was a little too harsh for him not to be able to say... You know, guys, I just want to say thank you for everything. Um, Marab, go get that belt, man. Uh, I'll see y'all around on YouTube. Follow me. You know, Triple C out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he had to do the whole eulogy there for his career in the octagon, but even Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when he retired the second time, he said, I'm not going to do this long thing. I'm just going to tell you guys real quick that I'm out. And thank you once again to everyone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But he didn't do, like, he's like, I don't think I'm allowed to do the whole thing a second time in a row, you know? So. <laughs>
1: that's fair. I think that's right.
0: But, yeah, I, I think, yes, I think Henry, if he knows that was it, if, he, if everyone knew, hey, he's trying to do this, give him that short mic time to say, hey, thank you, everybody. Marab, go get it. Yeah. Anything else, though, I can understand where Dana would be like, you know, You also, uh, is it a precedent? You don't want people to be doing this all the time, you know? Like, you know, it's like, hey, I'm retired. Guys, I'm going to retire again. And it's like, okay, now, you know? I I get it. But Henry, two-division champion, give him a little mic time if he's going to tell you he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talking about, you know, the rest of the card, Ian Gary... Uh, Some people felt a certain way. It wasn't this electrifying bout, but it was a very technical route of Mm -hmm. Jeff Neal. I thought it was well done. I thought he's responded to all of the criticism that we talked about beautifully. Uh, uh, Lord Sanko said this, and I agree. He's good at putting the phone down, tuning out the noise, things like that. I was very Mm -hmm. impressed with that. So big win for Jeff Neal. Or sorry, Ian Gary Gary, Ian Gary over Jeff Neal. Uh, do you have anything to say about that fight before we move on to the, the quick hits?
1: I just like those knees that he kept throwing Yes, fight. Those were freaking beautiful, man. That was awesome.
0: Great That's timing. Awesome. <laughs> great use <laughs> yeah. of the height. Loved it. I, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Fluffy Hernandez with the stop of Kopilov. That was a Dude, great one.
1: That was crazy, man. Just was a, I did not expect that. That was amazing. Yeah, great
0: t- win. T- took it to him. Loved it. Uh, we also had, um, what's it, uh, obviously Mackenzie Dern. Uh, really unexpected battle. I think a lot of people like, okay, where's Mackenzie at? Mackenzie, the fact that she got she was losing on the feet, but got so much time on the ground made this such a dramatic and exciting fight. Okay. She had a lot of opportunities, and she's still a lot better when she's on top of you than most of the female strawweights. Had Lemos in trouble, that became a way more dramatic fight than you maybe thought it was going to be on short notice from McKenzie. Uh, full credit to Lemos, though. Um, I think the fans just got treated to that one. You thought maybe Lemos would have got a layup. Instead, that became a very fun fight. So I thought both women looked good coming out of that one.
1: I thought that was a great fight, man. I think it did win Fight of the Night, right? Yes. I yeah. I, I mean, I think it it was deserved. You know, I also agree... Um. Dana White thought her orbital was broken. So did I. I was like, it's broken. The fact that she didn't... Who was the ref? Beltran? I think it was Mike Beltran. Yeah. I was so surprised that he didn't stop the fight at the end of the first round when she fell backwards covering her face. But I'm glad he didn't. It gave her a chance to show her toughness, probably earned some new fans. I mean, obviously, she wouldn't have gotten five of the night if that hadn't happened. And she really dug deep and, and showed a lot of grit, man. Her striking has... I think devolved since you know losing Jason Perillo. I know you told me last time why you know why it is that she's not with him after Ruka closed down. But I feel like he's got to have a gym, a garage, or somewhere where he can get back in touch with her. Let's get this ball rolling again. If not him, somebody. I think she needs a, a, a solid striking guidance because with him it was getting better, and now it's it's she's going back down the hill there. So. That being said, she's always had heavy hands. And so if someone could just fine-tune that for her, um, it would make her a lot more of a threat. And she already is, even without that skill developing, as it should. So I really love that fight, Matt. I thought it was awesome. Did, did you think she won? I thought maybe it could have been a draw. So
0: It was competitive, but I thought Lemosh got the job done, plain and simple. That wasn't a route. That wasn't a one way traffic. But that was Lemoshwin. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I felt bad, Mackenzie. It seemed like she thought she won. She heard maybe that she she heard she thought she heard her name right. She was like, celebrating and. I mean, look,
0: she's been through a fistfight. Sometimes that happens. You think, oh wait, like (laughs) I I might look. Sometimes luck happens, and they know that too
1: yeah yeah i was impressed man though did you guys get a chance to did she do a post-fight interview i I didn't catch her she
0: did not just lemos okay gotcha yeah okay which is a fun one uh by the way this one uh justin toffa injures himself and his brother junior Taffa on 24 hours notice steps in weighs in gets the fight what did you think about that one
1: i mean that's what a brother (laughs) that's great man um I think uh Dana's talking about how they didn't even have to change the name on the poster. It's pretty funny. Jay Taffa, Um It was tough, though, because he just basically took his brother's place to get beat down. Um, you know, leg got pretty busted up. But it's a funny story. Just, Just now they're both injured. So they can recover together on the sofa.
0: <laughs> That's a little cruel. By the <laughs> way, I'm sorry. That was some evil, almost criminal attack of the kicks from Marcos. That was Yeah
1: man, that
0: it was. It was. I'm low key, a Junior in the Cage might have probably if you asked him he might have said, psh, I don't know what I was thinking. I should have just Sorry Dana, you know? Yeah. He was probably thinking that that was a dumb idea, but you know what? Hey, sometimes you you take chances in life. No one forced him to take it. He stepped up, wanted it. Gangster mentality uh full credit to him right so yeah
1: do you think he splits the paycheck with his brother or he keeps it all no
0: <laughs> shoot i took that beating for you it's all this is my money that's what i would tell him sorry not sorry yeah um look a uh, fun fight obviously a lot Rinya nakamura uh just some good finishes there oban elliott uh good stuff um Andrea Lee Miranda Maverick I want to shout out these are my friends I'm so proud of them every time uh always love to see uh them and I thought they represented themselves really well um what else uh yeah just um very proud of them thought they did a great job um yeah it was a good card Vanderlei Silva going into the Hall of Fame though before I forget and we move on to the news because we have a lot uh All I'll say is that this dude, kind of like Robbie Lawler, they don't make fighters like this anymore. Yeah. Guys don't fight like this anymore, but just straight up like a buzzsaw. Anytime you knew he was going, he was going to just walk you down and take the fight to you. Later in his career, it didn't go his way, but when he was on and he was younger, my word, they're just, he's one of those guys, kind of like a Chuck Liddell, he's- a lot of people got into it because of how exciting a guy like Vanderlei was. And for that mid-2000s to the 20, going into the 2010s, he was that dude to a lot of people. And well-earned, well-deserved for just a great career overall. UFC wasn't as stellar as Pride, but he still had some great fights in UFC too. So I'm glad he's in the UFC Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, of course. Glad he's in it. Uh, I'm also glad that, I don't know who it was, asked Dana White. Uh called him out for saying, like, hey, I thought you said he was never gonna be uh be um in the Hall of Fame. He's like, oh, well. So I'm glad they had a, a change of heart there, much deserved. I mean, you can't he is a part of the history and so has to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I'm with it too. So congrats, Vanderlei. Um the knockout of Keith Jardine, still epic. I that that thing. I'm pretty sure it was like the wallpaper on my PlayStation, like when I had the PS3 back in the day. So yeah, yeah, big fan of that one. Um, Look, MMA news. We heard a lot about UFC 300, uh, everything else. Let's fly through this one. UFC 301, Rio de Janeiro. Um, I'm glad Brazil gets a fight still. Where do you go with this? You only have Alessandre Pantoja as champion. Pereira, I know, I just saw the thing, Pereira said, who says I can't do Rio? Pereira, you are not doing Rio. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, if he doesn't 10 seconds stop Jamal, he's not doing Rio. Plain and yeah, simple. Right, yeah, right. That being said, uh, you got Pantoja, Natalie, uh, and put you on the spot. Everyone else is booked. Charles Oliveira fights in April. Uh, Jalton fights in March. I don't know that you're going to have a Brazilian superstar to back up Pantoja for this pay-per-view. What do you think?
1: Oh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. In May? I don't know. I think, yeah, there's, <laughs> Pereira's funny. If he does knock him out, if he walks out there Terminator style. Yeah, who else would be worthy? Um I don't know man like big like for you mean like a for a belt for a championship fight or just big name I
0: mean look if you were to put let's say Hamzad and Adesanya in the co-main event that's still a great event so fans wouldn't complain so it doesn't have to be a belt obviously
1: yeah well obviously that's a good one Um, (laughs) hey
0: you could co-main Tom Aspinall Cyril Ghan I mean shoot pick something you know Uh, here's my mentality you're gonna have to give them help that's non-brazilian like you're gonna have to give them a big fight that like a tom Aspinall, like a hamzat you know they're not brazilian but it's kind of like conor mcgregor if you put conor mcgregor michael chandler in brazil would fans complain if you put them in london if you put them in australia would fans complain heck no you're gonna to have to give Pantoja a big fight like that to help him out because the Brazilian sub- superstars are all booked. That's yeah. my that's my thinking. Yeah.
1: All right. I gotta think about that one.
0: Yeah. Um. Psh, Hamzat. He's uh, he's gonna be in Brazil. Let's go. I mean, we
1: keep talking about him, but yeah, and there's no so well, yeah. Let's I'm rolling the get d- him on a card.
0: That's what I'm gonna call Hamzat in Brazil. Okay. That's gonna help out Pantoja. All right. Um, May fourth. So we'll actually find that out. I mean, not 300 soon, but very soon, right? So we'll yeah. go from there. Uh, Atlantic City, they're upgrading Aaron Blanchfield and Manon Fior to the main event. Vicente Luque, who is going to fight Sean Brady, now fighting Joaquin Buckley. A uh, big opportunity for Buckley, very big risk for Luque. Obviously, Buckley brings it. Um, I kind of said it. I felt like Aaron and Manon always should have been the main event. I think they just need a really... Put some steam behind, you know, the Jersey girl, headlining at home, yeah. locking a title shot. Let's go.
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah so that's one. Um, we've had a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and uh, get into the previews. UFC returning to Mexico this Saturday. Uh, from the bottom up, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega 2. Brian Ortega, I don't think, has fought since that match with uh, Yair... I think that happened in 22. So long layoff for Brian. Um, uh, I'll say this right now. Story-wise, this kind of feels like do or die for Brian Ortega. It does. I've seen it online. People are like, how is this guy still so highly ranked? <laughs> I think that this kind of feels like a do or die because just with as many layoffs as he's had, it's it's hard to say that you know, he's going to stay in that spot at the featherweight division. When you look at Max and Elia and Josh Emmett and all these other guys, Giga Chikazzi, uh you know, Calvin Cater and Algermain, you know, I-, I think this is a huge moment for Brian Ortega's career overall, if I'm being honest. And then for Yair, representing at home, obviously he's got a lot of pressure to hold that serve and show that he can still be that guy, so... I think that that's big. Um, we didn't get too much in the first fight, so it's kind of going back to the same thing. X-Factor. How is Brian Ortega coming off the layoff? If he's on, particularly if he can get himself going and really uh, take away the space of Yair, becomes a very difficult fight for Yair Rodriguez. If he's struggling with that, if the speed and all that is keeping Brian Ortega more in the defensive... Yair Rodriguez starts to run away with this, in my opinion. I think that he's just... The repetition, the growth in his game, the weapons in his arsenal. He's got so much experience now himself. Uh, I think that there's a lot more ways to win for Yair. I think a lot more really has to work out well for Brian Ortega, personally. So, Yeah, I you agree. Think? You
1: know, Ortega is in this tricky position where his his name has a better record than his fight record, if that makes any sense. His name has more value than his, you know, than he has wins Um, or fight or cage time really. And, you know, it is what it is, injuries and whatnot. It always seems with Brian like there's some kind of epic change in his life that's going to be the thing that turns it all around. And that's the story before every fight. I'm sort of getting that sense again from his social media. So, All that is to say, I think he had a lot of promise, um, but there was like a stubbornness with him where everybody knew that he had this amazing jujitsu prowess, but he insisted on being a banger. And it made for great fights, and that helped create his brand. But it stops being successful when you're up against elite strikers. And Yair Rodriguez is one of those such strikers. So, I'm curious if Brian will—I don't know—be humble or is the right word, but you know, sensibly use his jujitsu, use the advantages that he has to fight Yair, or if he's going to get, you know, lured into a stand-up fight with. Yair, which I don't think will end well. We know Ortega has a great chin, but all we've, you know, he doesn't have the ability, I don't think, to beat a Yair Rodriguez on the feet. So I think Rodriguez is going to have the advantage. I think he's going to, I think Ortega's going to want to stay on the feet with him. And Yair, I think, will win, I think, TKO round three. For. Or Yair Rodriguez. All right,
0: just want to make sure I got that correct. Yeah, I I think that it's going to be that one too. It's a five-rounder. So ironically, they back-to-back five rounds for the two of them. Um, Like with their fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just think that Yair is in a better spot. I think that um, Brian Ortega just... um, Like you said, the name is still huge. But I just... I kind of need to see him... Reassert himself, and he's done it before. The fight with Korean Zombie stands out to me, but he just kind of needs to reassert that he can have be in that position. Otherwise, it's like, I know guys have been waiting to take up that spot, and I think that this is huge for him to show he could. St- he's still with those guys on that level. Yeah, so, I think it'll be huge there. But I'm with you. I'll go with that too. Third round for Yair. All
1: right.
0: Talking about the main event, Brandon Moreno against Brandon Royval. Obviously, Roival fought in uh, December against Pantoja, five-rounder. Moreno had a, what was that, a July five-rounder with Pantoja. Uh, All of this makes for a very fun fight. Um, I think that Roival has really grown and matured since that fight with Moreno. I thought that he was just so game and scrappy against Pantoja. And so if that's the Roival coming in, this is still a difficult fight for Moreno. I think Moreno's more polished. I think that particularly with his boxing, particularly if he gets on top of you with his grappling, he poses the most problems. That being said, I do think that youthfulness, athleticism, uh, a lot more of those uh, more intangibles actually favor uh, Roival. I think that he's taller. I think that he's faster. I think that if he can make this a scrap, that actually really starts to favor him in this fight. So it makes for a very fun matchup you know moreno it look the people are there for moreno it's going to be it's going to feel like the you know the brandon and yair show so i think that it's really i'm going to give that credit that that crowd's probably going to bring the energy i think moreno has to get going early and that's his best route to victory if this becomes a scrap it's going to come down to the grappling because if it stays on the feet, I think overall it may start to favor Royval. If we have a long fight and Moreno's grappling is working, this is going Moreno.
1: Yeah, I actually, I think it is going to go Moreno's way. Royval is a very talented fighter. I still believe Moreno Moreno is a superior MMA fighter. And uh, between the two of them, I think, Moreno is going to be able to keep distance, use his grappling when he needs to, effective striking. I'm thinking Moreno... Honestly, I think he can actually finish this. I'm going to say round four submission by
0: Brandon Moreno. Oof. All right, all right. I see you, I see you. You know what? I think Moreno is going to deliver for... Just, I, I think he's just gonna have the night of his life at home. First round submission for Brandon Moreno. Oh, like I'm that feeling epic! I'm <laughs> feeling epic. I think he's gonna just, you know, viva Mexico, kind of Yeah, deal.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, um, look, uh, this is a much closer fight than I think a lot of people will give it credit. This is a tough Brandon Royville, and I think that. If he's healed up from that fight with Pantoja, it could be a very good fight. So it'll be it'll be some good stuff for sure. Um capping it off this Saturday is also the PFL's second pay-per-view. It is the very loaded PFL versus Bellator card from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Um, first off, some news on Saturday morning. Jesus Pinedo is out of the fight with Patricio Pitbull. Um no short notice change-up. Pitbull is also off the card, so the featherweight title fight is just not going to happen. Um, Very unfortunate, because if we're being honest, I think that Pinedo, out of everyone in PFL, had the most to gain on Saturday. Um, yes, everyone's a big name on that card from Bellator, but he was the one that got to fight the legend of Bellator, the best fighter that they've ever produced. Yeah. And to a lot of people, still the number one guy not in, who has never fought in UFC um, on the roster. So that really sucked for Pinedo. I hope they heal up well and he can maybe have that fight later on. Uh, this, obviously there's a lot on the card. Let's just break down main event and then we could talk about the highlights. Henan Ferreira, Ryan Bader. The thing about this one, on the feet, ferreira has as many weapons as anyone can hope to have he's big he's explosive he's tall just um he's young just you don't want to bang with the guy at mid-range like ferreira plain and simple uh-huh. particularly if you are on the sho- shorter stockier side like ryan bader that being said ryan's biggest weapon wrestling those big tall legs I'm sure it looks like, you know, like when I see a pepperoni pizza on a Saturday night with UFC, just like all day, let's get it, take them down, you know? So I think that's what it's going to come down to, wrestling for Ryan, staying on the feet for Ferreira. I do trust uh, right now in my heart. I lean more toward Bader's ability to get it done. That being said, I acknowledge the age factor. If you tell me Ferreira just gets there faster, his reactions are better and that makes the difference, you can't be shocked, especially when it comes to those big guys, especially when it comes to a giant like Hennin. It could make for a quite the dramatic end against Ryan Bader. But right now, I'm going to go Ryan's wrestling for the win. I'm going to go first-round finish on this one too, to be honest. I was Similar gonna say the to same Czech thing. Congo, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same. Ryan Bader, round one. Uh, I know you, you know, he's got the wrestling, but I'm going to say knockout, kind of like uh, Fedor, you know? <laughs> Just find the right angle, the right moment, ba-bam, ba-boom. Just going for it. Ryan Bader's going to be uh, another uh, – well, he's not going to be the PFL champ, right? <laughs> so
0: uh, All right, so one of the things I've noticed, I think they are doing uh, – championship rings with both logos on it but i don't know i didn't get a visual that they have a matching belt okay but i know the rings have both pfl and bellator on them and i'm like wait really so
1: it's better than nothing
0: (laughs) yeah so that's um yeah i'm gonna go ryan Bader for the win too though like i said uh look so we have it's still quite the card to look at um AJ McKee and Clay Collard really stands out to me. Yeah, same. Uh, Impa and Johnny Eblin, I think that could low key be a banger. You got mm-hmm. the whole ATT versus Killcliffe rivalry. You got just a Cinderella story for Impa. I think, also remember, he's going down to 185, which I think I had wrong. I didn't realize that when they announced this because one of. I mean, that's just perfect for Johnny Eblin weight-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes it for a very fun fight. Um, Tiago Santos and Yoel Romero. If it, first five minutes are going to be epic. They just yeah. crack the <laughs> heck out of each other. Yeah. If it starts to go the distance, I worry that it won't be.
1: They're going to get tired.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's been Yoel's thing. It's like, you're so ready. He's not wrestling. See you soon, boy yeah and then it's like but then he got tired soon too boy (laughs) what happened (laughs) you know so um yeah those are the biggest things that stand out to me oh pico and braga they're probably going to crack to a 45 on the prelims
1: yeah
0: uh what are your thoughts what stands out to you on the i mean
1: exactly those same ones aj mckee clay collard that's going to be a banger well it could be oh it's gonna be a good fight uh santos romero i'm with you let's just knock each other out double knockout round one that would be the best scenario (laughs) and then of course um Aaron Pico I also Clarissa Shields man I'm still a big fan and I want to see what she looks like it's been a while
0: oh yeah and also I think she's on the prelims so non-pay-per-view portion of the card so that's always good for the fans but yeah I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be a really good one um early morning uh here's the thing we're I don't like to beat the dead horse, but the pay-per-view aspect is always a thing, right? With PFL. I think that they have five days to go. They're no longer competing with UFC pay-per-view this week for attention. I want to see a full court press. I want to see sharing. I want to see all this hype. I think the athletes need to get on it and just... I want to see a smorgasbord of PFL Bellator content. I want once again. I think that if you can get an upswell of momentum, create a bit of FOMO, I think that'll be huge. I think if you wait until Saturday, it's just too late. So I want to see that upswell. And you know, we talk about it. Can PFL bridge the gap this Saturday? It people aren't talking about it, but this is a huge moment for them to try to do that. Yeah. So. It is. Because okay. if you could do that, everything else can ride out until you have Jake Paul and Nganu back less, later this year. And right. we go from there. So, anyway, good stuff. Uh, next week, we have the heavyweights in action. We got, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Jorzino Rosenstrike taking on Shamil Gazeev. Um All I'll say is that the schedule is now, everything's like countdown to 300. Next week is a fight night, too. And then we have the big one with uh, 299. Francis Ngannou is the night before. So it's like, okay, everything's just going to ride pretty much until 300, and then we're on the countdown. So I'm excited for it. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. And, and yeah, counting down to the the big fights coming up, 299, 300. Let's get after it. Yep.
0: (laughs) Well, guys, if you've hung on for the ride, I know it's a big show, but we had a lot to talk about. So thank you for listening. Remember, like, comment, subscribe helps out the channel. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care.